Welcome to NEP On Location. Here we hit the road and have conversations with some of the brightest minds from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more. In this episode, Mark Treglio is on location at Firehouse Expo in Columbus, Ohio, and has a conversation with Russ Osgood, a nearly 30-year New England Fire Service veteran and Vice President of Education, Research, and Outreach at the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. Russ talks with Mark about one of the biggest threats facing firefighters today, occupational cancer. Russ talks about the services the Firefighter Cancer Support Network provides and shares some critical tips on how firefighters can reduce their risks of cancer. Hello everybody, this is Mark Treglio, Executive Vice President at NEP Services. We're here at the Firehouse Expo 2022 in Columbus, Ohio. Among the vendors here today uh, pushing safety for firefighters is uh, the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. And for a very good discussion on what they do and how they do it and why they do it, uh, we have uh, Vice President Russell Osgood uh, from Maine joining us today. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Thanks good. for having so, me. So for those who don't know or uh, those you know, that are on the peripheral of the fire service or just getting involved, tell us about the Firefighter Cancer Support Network and its mission. Sure. So the Firefighter Cancer Support Network was founded about 16 years ago by Mike Dubron, who is a firefighter in L.A. County. He had, uh, he had cancer, and when he was going through it, he found that the best thing for him was the support of other firefighters that had been through the same cancer he had. So he founded this organization based on that principle that there are things that firefighters need when they're diagnosed that only firefighters can answer. So what we give, what we basically do is we support firefighters that are, and their families that are diagnosed with cancer. Now that comes in a couple different ways. Um, one of those is a toolbox or a toolkit that we send out that has a survivor's guide in it that's like a soup to nuts document for somebody diagnosed with cancer to get them all the way through to survivorship uh, where they can help us out uh, after that. And uh, we have mentors. We have uh, 250 or so folks across the country that are cancer survivors and firefighters that have a unique perspective, as firefighters do that they, we link them with that person, and it's usually the same cancer or something similar. So when those questions come up about, you know, what's next and what's going to happen on the job, they actually have a great understanding of it, and they can do that. And that's the main mission of the Firefighter Cancer Support Network, and it's completely free to the firefighter. We don't ask for anything. Uh, we, you know, we do, the toolkits are expensive, but we build those through donations and corporate sponsorships. Uh, it's great, and grants. Um, and then the second part of our mission is education. Uh, we have a robust educational program that is recognized nationwide that we developed in uh, 2014 and 15 with Boston Fire Department. Uh, we pushed it out nationwide. We share that all over the country. We have uh, state directors everywhere that teach that program. Mm -hmm. And it's really a program that talks about the science uh, and what we can do to kind of control some of that and early detection and then what if you're diagnosed. So. Those are the major things that we do. And we come to the shows and try to share that information with folks and continue the message. On an organizational level, this is not a mom and pop, two people <laughs> in an office type deal. You have representatives in every state. So if somebody is in, you know, you pick a state, they have an opportunity to reach a state rep in that area, correct? Yeah, so when somebody's diagnosed, what they'll do is they'll reach out through a website or, or a phone call to our organization, and then we connect them through our state directors and we have a state director in just about every state if we don't have a state director there we do have vice presidents for each region of the country for uh, east and west that they'll operate as that state director 
So I used to be the state director of New Hampshire. Uh, I would get the notification. I would reach out directly to that person, have a conversation with them, find out what's up, and uh, offer them whatever service they want. By no means were they, you know, they had, they couldn't, they didn't have to do it. You know, they could, they could take either a toolbox and a mentor, or just a mentor. We usually always send somebody a toolbox, just because it is a great resource. Uh, I've put dozens of firefighters in through the program, and I've gotten always positive uh, feedback. People just find it very helpful and useful, particularly the mentorship part, the the peer-to-peer -peer support, which is so important for a, a whole number of reasons, right? Behavioral health and just getting that diagnosis when you talk to people, it's so stressful. And to have somebody that can kind of talk you down a little bit because they've been through it is a, is, it's a good tool. I want to back up to the toolbox. Yeah. And you've mentioned it several times already. What comes in that toolbox? It's not a virtual box with stuff that comes in it. No, it's actually a box. Yeah, it is. It's a toolbox. Step. It is. Oh. It's a well. It's not a toolbox. It's a. It's like a file folder box. So mm -hmm. it comes with some file folders because somebody going through cancer, you're going to find that you need to bring your records with you to multiple doctors. So it's a good good place to store all that stuff. Uh, there's a survivor's guide that we developed uh, in partnership with the American Cancer Society and just information that we've uh, gathered over the years that kind of take you through that step-by-step -step process of you've been diagnosed, you can journal some stuff, and these are your next steps to, to get to the point where you have a mentor. Uh, and then there's, you know, swag and things in it as well. But it's, it is, it's a box. It's, it comes FedEx, it's a big, it's a big box. And uh, yeah. So when it comes to the education portion, what are the key core elements of the education? Obviously, it's prevention, and then you have classes on what to do once you're diagnosed and things like that. So how, how does putting together an educational program start for your organization? So we started with the science. So, you know, science changes, so we modify it every year. Like the World Health Organization has just listed firefighting as carcinogenic. So that's kind of a new change. We, we can show you the, the data behind that, what, why we need to pay attention to the subject, you know, 9% higher risk of uh, being diagnosed, 14% higher risk of dying from cancer. So those are the two things that we try to chip away at. So we talk about um, our occupational exposures, where we're getting exposed, and a lot of people, you know, have in their mind, uh, I used an example of a pot on a stove a lot, because a lot of folks think that the structure fire is the, the place where you get the bulkier exposure in your career, which you do get a lot, right? We can't argue that. But when I looked at pot on the stove calls, which is something that as in the fire service we do over and over again, the compounds that we're being exposed to are just as bad as the structure fire, yet we're not paying attention. We're not thinking of it as being bad because it's just burnt food in our minds. But you're going to go to far more of those calls in your career than you will structure fire. So we try to shift that focus to say, look, yeah, the structure fire is dangerous, but there's a lot of little other things that low-hanging fruit that we can we can protect ourselves and 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 do uh, you know a good job of stopping some of that exposure. And then we go into if you do go to the structure fire, what are the steps? You know, wearing your SCBA, making sure you decon, and you take a shower and clean your gear and not have the dirty gear in your station. We go through all those modifiable risk factors. And we talk about the modifiable risk factors around diet and exercise and weight, behavioral health, sleep. Uh, and then we shift focus in the program to early detection and screenings. Because there are some screenings that are really beneficial and then there's some that, you know, might scare you more than they're uh, worth having. 
but we talk about those to get you to understand that the best way to survive cancer is to find it early, right? Like if we can find cancer at stage one, melanoma is a great example. Stage one melanoma, nearly 100% curable, easy, easy peasy. Stage three, four, you're talking, you know, it's really difficult sometimes and, and it can be a death sentence. And, and that's what we want firefighters to understand. Like there, is, there are things you can do to really uh, curb your risk and to help you survive. Yeah, so, so that was leading into my next question. You know, what are three to four things a firefighter can take out of this and, and start immediately today to start to reduce their risk of exposure to cancer? Yeah, I think the biggest one today, and I watch the news, and I think we all do, and I see it every day, is firefighters not on SCBA, not wearing their SCBA when they should. We really should focus on that. Um, our lungs are a huge organ, uh, easily transferable with any toxins that go in there. They get in our body, then they're a little harder to get out. If we can stop them from getting in our body, we're, we're doing ourselves a favor. So that, that probably is one of the big ones. One of the other ones I always think about, like for prevention, is just diet and exercise. If you are, if you're just focusing on cancer, you're probably not focusing the way you should. Like on the fire ground, you know, we need to focus on. We have a high cardiac problem. We have a, a big cancer issue. One of them is kind of an immediate thing, and one of them takes a while to show up, right? Uh, but they kind of work together. So that fitness and exercise part that we see uh, so much for cardiac we talk about actually is a, is a big tool to prevent cancer as well. So what you eat is important, what you, your exercise is important, the amount of sleep you get, really important. So focusing on your personal health, I think is, is a really big part of that. And then the third thing I think I would tell guys is to, is to really pay attention to what your body's telling you. Um, we, we partner with Detect Together and uh, Sarah Janke's group, NDRI, the Center for Excellence, uh, Firefighter um, Health Center for Excellence. So we did this uh, program where we looked at those things, uh, same kind of stuff in our program, but Detect Together's program is this simple three steps. If you feel great, you know what your great feels like, that's cool, right? We all know what we feel good. If you start not feeling great for a couple weeks, you need to really think about going and seeing your physician and not pushing it off because that's where we start getting in trouble. And I know a lot of fire firefighters, we're inherently kind of, I, I want to say lazy, but we're inherently lazy and, you know, we'll help everybody else, but we won't help ourselves. And uh, we need to help ourselves. So if we can get to the doctor and talk about that and be honest with our doctors and let them do their work like a detective would do, and if they find that cancer early, it's highly curable, right? And that's the key. So preventing it, finding it, and surviving it. Okay. One of the things I also talk about is the stigma. And I think if you have more than 20 years on the job, you were here at a time when it was cool to have that helmet and, and not ever get your gear changed out. It was all full of soot and, and everything. How, along with that, and that's progressed through the years, what other things have you seen since the Firefighter Cancer Support Network started, that you're seeing trends change, that you're seeing more bunker gear being cleaned, you know, less less melted helmets on, on the rack at the stations. What else are you seeing out there? Yeah, uh, a lot of things that, like in the station, you see is like the gear's not being stored next to the bunk rooms. The gear's not stored in a, in a living area, yet it's stored kind of, you know, in its own spot, which those are great things, and I've seen that progression. Station designs change, you've seen that progression. 
um, a lot of research has been done about what we actually need to do. You know, when, it, when I first started this, I started teaching in 2012. And doing that's when I kind of got involved with, uh, we had somebody in our department die, and that's kind of how I got pulled in. Mm -hmm. And some of the things were speculative, you know, like we thought this was what we should do. Now we have some science to back some of those things that we know this works. Like decon was a good example. Like, do you do wet decon or do you do dry decon? Well, the folks at UL and Illinois Serv uh, Fire Service Institute, they, they did a little research and found that, you know, 85% of the surface contaminants are removed through wet decon. So that makes it a great tool, you know. So that is a huge improvement. And actually seeing decon being done on the field, um, for the first time as a firefighter, I was like, this is a win. You know, I, we've been doing this, talking about it for a long time, and now I see it on the news. You know, I think that's great. We have a ways to go, right? We, we still have a lot of learning curve. But, yeah, the new, the, the, uh, the dirty gear, the salty gear, that's a thing of the past. Even, you know, I hear Frank Lieb at FDNY, you know, clean is the new salty. I, I love that stuff. That's, that's the message that we need to get out there. I just lost track of what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, since the Firefighter Cancer Support Network started, you had certain numbers on firefighters with cancer, the different types of cancer. Now you're 15 to 16, even more years into this. How do those numbers look? Are we seeing a decrease? Are we seeing a rise in other cancers? How, how are these numbers looking? I mean, even as we add more firefighters to the service, those numbers might not look as great, but how do the... How, how, are cancers going down? Are people getting cancer going down? Is it going up? Are the types of cancers different 15 years later? Yeah, that's a hard hard one to answer. The, if you look at like the IAFF's data, they are continually putting people on the wall that are occupationally cancer. So we know that it's, it's not decreasing. It's actually continuing to kind of go up a little. Scientifically, I don't, I don't know how to answer that, but I do know that... Um, I see more. I, I see more of it, or maybe I'm more aware to it now. Um, is it gonna get better? I think sometime it will as we start implementing things. Uh, you know, and like the IFF came out with the Metro Chiefs and talked about PFAS, and that's another subject that's out there. That's you know, it's it's a it's a mixed bag. There's all kinds of information on it. Uh, scientifically, let's get some research and see where we need to go with that. Um, so the I guess science is changing as we go along. We're learning more, but as far as the statistics and the types of cancer, we've kind of always had the same types. You know, most of the research kind of just plays off of each other to the mm -hmm. point where now, like the World Health Organization, IARC, listed firefighting as a group one carcinogenic. So we know it's carcinogenic to firefighters. That's a big step, big, 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 big step for you know, presumptive rules, and, you know, it's saying that a national, a worldwide organization sees our job as dangerous to our health, which now our politicians and everyone need, they need to listen to that. That's, that's a good thing, I think. Uh, we've had tons of research, right, and presumptive legislation is different everywhere. Maybe this pushes towards a national mm -hmm. presumption, so firefighters are protected. Is there any particular study or research that should be sort of like a Bible, the autom automatic read for firefighters, anything like that? Uh, so NIOSH did, uh, the NIOSH study is really well done, uh, very comprehensive, uh, came out and I don't remember when it came out, uh, came out, you can cut that, uh, the NIOSH study came out back in the late 2000s and, and uh, early 2000s and it talked a lot about um, 
a group of carcinogens that we have exposures to that you know we know through uh, increased response, uh, increased exposure that we have a lot of problems with. And that's a really good one to look at because a lot of other studies kind of played into that and we know that their study's good because we had uh, a Nordic study that kind of backed it up, maybe talked about some different things and a lot of studies bounce off that one, that one study. Uh, any of the meta-analysis, but there's so many of them out there that it's, it's really like this huge amount of them uh, that all pretty much go back to 8 or 10, 12, 15 cancers that are the ones that are either go in through your lungs or in through your uh, GI system, the way we're exposed on the fire ground, right? So we know that our exposures are creating a problem for us. Mm -hmm. So the answer is, is to knock out the exposures and and uh, find it early because we do have an inherent risk for cancer in the fire service. You'll never hear me say that I think we're going to get rid of cancer completely because we have a dangerous job, right? Firefighters have a dangerous job. We are going to get exposures. There are exposures that we cannot control. Let's control the ones that we can. And I want to swing back around to the education portion. Sure. And how does, how does a department, a union, an organization uh, obtain training for you? from you and the classes that are available. Sure, so we have a program called Taking Action Against Cancer in the Fire Service that all of our state directors can teach. We have a, a number of teachers across, uh, instructors across the country that, that deliver that. So the best way to get that is to go to our website, which is firefightercancersupport.org. Uh, we have a uh, like request information tab in there where you can ask for the training. They'll ship that out to the state director. The state director will contact you, set it up, bring it to your department. And it's uh, completely free. If, it's, if there's a lot of travel involved, we do kind of try to, uh, because we are, you know, I mean, we are a nationwide organization run by a group of a lot of volunteer guys. We do get some grant money, but travel's expensive. So sometimes we'll ask, to, can you help us out with, if the guy's going to travel overnight, like give him, a, give him a bunk room and, you know, pay for his gas. But that's about it. We don't. We try not to do that, but there are times where that you know happens. But yeah, it's all free training. Um, it's good stuff, and we do have an LMS too. We have an online learning management system. You can take the class there if you want remotely. Um, there's a couple programs in that LMS, and that is off the website, right on the website. Yep, firefightercancersupport.org. Dot org. Yep. Okay, and people can make a donation there, which is highly encouraged. They certainly can. It, Donations a, are always good. It's a great program, saves a lot of lives. Uh, uh, Russell Osgood, Firefighter Cancer Support Network. Thank you for stopping by, and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to NEP On Location and Mark Treglio's conversation with Firefighter Cancer Support Network's Russ Osgood. Remember to subscribe to NEP On Location wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and you can reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. And for the latest ideas and information from around the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more, please visit our website at nepmedia.net.